The three most important letters in sports. Even better than those. TVV. 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 It's Fox 6 Sports Director Tim Van Voren on Homer and Tony. Tim Van Voren is brought to you by Mars Cheese Castle, a Wisconsin landmark that you need to experience off I-94 in Kenosha. Meats, cheeses, bakery, bar, and restaurant all under one roof. Learn more at MarsCheese.com. I am at Summerfest. I have no idea where he is. I'm sure he's happy wherever he is. TVV, Tim Van Born, Fox 6 Sports, three-time Wisconsin Sportscaster of the Year, Hall of Fame wing band. TVV, good afternoon. I'm sure you'll be Good Fest. afternoon. Always happy. When do you, how often do you come out to Summerfest now? Things have changed. Uh, yeah, things have changed. I was there last year. I'm not sure that I'll get there this year, but I did get there no, last they, year. Don't, they don't have you come out and do the sports here a few days or anything? That's Those days we, are over? Those days are over. Yeah, there used to be a thing. State Fair used to be a thing. They don't really do that um, anymore. Okay. So it's, you know, it's different different structure these days. All right. I, uh, I of course, always want to start with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, mm-hmm. This is kind of the time off, um, but um, where, what, is, what, what is going to be the thing that you will watch first and foremost when they get back together? What's the, what's the biggest question mark for you about the Packers this season? Health on the offensive line, number one, and uh, that we're just going to have to watch, but that is number one for me. Uh, number two, I, I guess I'll kind of, you know, play to the majority here. And say, watching those wide receivers, uh, are they going to be up? Uh, you know, they have, they've had three days with Aaron Rodgers. All right, so are these young guys, the rookies, or even the uh, you know, like an Amari Rodgers who did so little last year? Are these guys going to be up to the task in the eyes of the quarterback, really, from the start of training camp? That will be an interesting thing to watch, and it will certainly get a lot of attention. Do you know what I am most excited about to see the special teams? Never in my life have I been excited about the special teams, hmm. but I'm curious to see how much better they are. In order to be that much better, they had to be horrific last year, which they were, but just are different players used or there's uh, – I am not. I can't even claim that it's going to be really important. I just want to see because this is the first time I can remember, your memory better than mine, where special teams were so important like – they not only brought this guy in, they paid him a ton, right? This is, in your time, the greatest, strongest move, strongest move the Packers have ever made towards special teams going into a season. Is that a fair statement? That is a fair statement. That is a hands-down fair statement. A lot of times over the course of uh, you know 30 years here covering the Packers, uh, special teams is kind of where you, I don't want to say you stashed a friend or, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a chance to get somebody back on a, on an NFL coaching staff, I mean, well, no, you, know, you know what Steve, the question Steve was, Ortmeier, Mike Scott. I mean, yeah. come on, Mike Stock. I mean, th- th- this was our this answer. Was our not our a question always was, why would you hire this guy? How many times? Right. <laughs> why'd they hire this guy? That's the 14th time we've asked the same special teams question. Why, why, why did they hire this guy? Well, we don't have that question now. We know why they hired him. He's got a reputation. He swears a lot. He's tough. He's going to give the, the special teams a new edge, and I assume more regulars are going to play, right? Is this like LaFleur had to have made this decision? We need to we need to emphasize special teams more. Do I give him the credit, or it seems like it's the case? 
What's uh, I think he was cowed into it as much as anything else. Oh. Uh, you know, not having made a decision uh, to make any changes as the last season went along, and then you know missing out because of special teams. That's a debatable question. What was the big reason they lost again to me? It's special teams, hundred percent in the playoffs. Um, uh, so. I think he was cowed into it. I think he was embarrassed. I think the organization did lean on him. I do think this guy is, this new guy is fiery. He's going to be interesting to watch. I don't think we'll see a monster difference in terms of player usage and that sort of thing until you get to the regular season. I think through uh, training camp and the preseason, there will be attention paid to it. Uh, maybe there's a long snapper battle, something like that. Um, you know, and we'll all ask the questions of the final roster spots. Well, how much of a factor will special teams be in these decisions? And Matt LaFleur will say, uh, definitely will factor in there. You know, the more ways you can get a guy on the team, we value special teams, et cetera, et cetera. But in terms of actual personnel usage, I don't think we'll see that really noticeably different until the regular season. But I think in the regular season, we will notice a different philosophical approach this year than we've seen in years past. I feel like I'm too negative about Amari Rogers. You will put it in proper context. I don't know that I can think anything he has ever done that I was kind of impressed. And as young players, I'm known for this, and I believe it. Someone told me, and I stole it, that with young players, you never look at how bad they look when they look. You look at how good they look when they look good. But I may have missed something. Uh, And I know you will put things in its proper context. Not predicting what will happen this year, but to this point. Uh, when it comes to Amari Rodgers, for me, uh, the positives are on why you picked him in the third round in the first place. Because uh, his rookie season was not about asset management. It was about liability containment. He was not a positive on the field for the Packers. From scrimmage, he didn't play much. Uh, and in special team situations, he didn't contribute much. And in, in most cases... It was a liability, to be honest with you, and I don't think that's really running the guy down. I think that's a fair assessment that that he probably would have to give if he looked in the mirror as well. However, he's lost weight this year. He was a third-round pick off of college football power, and the Packers have to believe that they didn't so badly misevaluate him that he has something left to offer and, and, you know, will ultimately make last year look like an aberration. Based on last year, you can't be overly confident about Amari Rodgers, but based on why the Packers picked him in the third round in the first place, that's where your positivity positivity would be. Now, I think of concerns or the history of uh, Sterling Sharp dropping balls his rookie year or Devontae Adams, and you remember that stuff better than I do. But there have been problems, some problems, in which receivers have gone on to be very, very good, but... Whatever Amari Rodgers did as a rookie doesn't seem to qualify. Like, you could say, you can use, I think those are the two that come out, you could use Sharp and, and, and Adams and say, look it, look, I remember how they were as a rookie. But no one seems to do that, which scares me even more. With Amari Rodgers, for me, and I'm going to cross over to the NBA draft, which is tonight, and, uh, you know, a, a player that, that I've read this about and probably makes sense. Uh, you know, Amari Rodgers, to me, last year, played with no confidence, just zero confidence. If he had it at the start, it slipped away, and as the year went along, it was, you know, one of those, uh, you know, you're in right field hoping the ball's not hit to you kind of situations. You know, you read the same thing about Patrick Baldwin going into the NBA draft tonight. Do you believe in 
the skill set, the performance, the international play that got him to, you know, be a projected lottery pick? Or how much concern do you have over what looked like a confidence, uh, you know, absolute absence last year in his freshman year at UWM? With Amari Rodgers, it's the same thing for me. Confidence absence in his first year as an NFL player. Can he overcome that? Can he put that in the in the back to have it be said as that was a one-year aberration and all the credit to the guy for moving forward. Now, you can set me straight on this, but my concern about Baldwin has more to do with injuries. Uh, my big guy doctor is Dr. Jim McElvain, who, of course, famously, when Greg Odom was available, said I not only wouldn't take him first, I would not draft him. His body will not make it in this league. Uh, he says the big issue with all the big players is their body, and especially if you have some sort of foot injury. And I lost track mm-hmm. of all the injuries with Baldwin, but that, that's the only fear that would prevent me from taking him maybe even in the first round at all. What is it foot or what, what were and what are all the injuries that he's had? Well, yeah, ankle. I mean, ankle's the thing that, you know, what was the problem coming out of high school. It was uh, kind of just a recurring you know, hard-to-get-over injury, which affected him through his freshman year at UWM and ultimately was shut down his freshman year at UWM. And, you know, again, not to totally cross sports here, but uh, Amari Rogers had a lower body injury, too, last year that he had to come back from. And maybe that just really affects your confidence. I know that, you know, you're talking about entirely different body types, and, uh, you know, Jimmy Mack knows the game, and, and his observations are so astute in a lot of ways when it comes to basketball. Uh, so I'm not comparing the two situations, but lower body injury... Um, you know, you don't you don't trust all the way back. You, you're just not doing what you used to do. Suddenly, you're not as per, as productive. Does that just compound itself? I don't know. But Amari Rogers had a lower body injury last year for the Packers, and he did not play with confidence last year for the Packers. The Packers, there was there was legitimate um, unhappiness. When David Moore was not active for the playoff game, he was a, he had played one game for the Packers, but a knock-around journeyman wide receiver. He had played one game. He looked a little better in the, in the punt return game than anyone else. And people were unhappy he wasn't active for the playoffs. That's how much of a, uh, you know, kind of drop-off it was seen to have Amari Rodgers out there. That never happened with Sterling Sharp or with uh, Devontae Adams in their rookie year. I don't know if you can even remember the last time it dropped to the point where people were looking for a nobody to be used well, instead yeah, of Yeah, uh, Jamon Moore was a fourth-round pick wide receiver for the Packers, uh, and, and he's a guy who played with zero confidence his first year and never yeah. got out of the gate. And, you know, he was in the USFL this year. He's never made it in the NFL. And, uh, you know, to me, I'm not, I'm not saying they're the same guys. Jamon Moore was kind of a um, – you know, he'd, he'd have a kind of a kind of a not maybe a scowl on his face, but unhappiness about you know his plight and he wasn't getting chances and that sort of thing. But fourth round pick never contributed anything, and it started as his rookie year. Amari Rodgers, it's good, it's on him to pull out of it because you think the Packers are going to keep him on the roster, and you would you would expect that they would, but they have some other guys now. They have enough guys who are probably similar that he he has to be an improved player this year to enhance his roster position. TVV, Tim Van Vorn, Fox 6 Sports, round two. The Packer defense, is it incredibly overrated? Again, TVV tone me down a little bit. And then, of course, uh, you get picked in the top ten of the NBA draft. We're going to talk about you. Yes, even though I'm the voice of Marquette, 
and he played at Wisconsin. That's next. How good is the Green Bay Packer defense going to be? Tim Van Boren, Fox 6 Sports. Two-time, three-time, maybe four-time. We haven't found out if it's the fourth. Three-time Wisconsin sportscaster, your Hall of Fame wingman. I'm hearing so many things about the Packer defense and how good it's going to be. And I just, I don't see how people can think it's going to be that good uh, among the elite in the NFL. I, um, I need you to help me on this, TVV. I think it's uh, because of one outstanding performance in the playoffs, they're being vastly oversold. What do you say? I think it will be a good defense. What would be best for the Packers this year, it would be the guys who are coming up on the on the chance to earn new contracts absolutely going individually crazy. Rashawn Gary, Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, guys just putting up monster numbers because, uh, and in part because, they have so much on the line individually. I think the Packers' defense will be good. I think they have talent at every level. I think they have depth on the defensive line, which I have not seen there in a long, long time, and I think it all does start up there on that defensive line. Uh, but I would agree with you that it's, uh, that last impression sticks with so many people from that San Francisco game. Really, San Francisco was not much offensively in that game either. Let's remember that. And uh, some of that's the Packer defense. Some of that was just San Francisco. But I would also say, I, I just, and I know I've mentioned it before, I don't see Rasul Douglas being that much of a ball, successful ball hawk uh, over a course of a full season this year in Green Bay. And he made big plays last year, timely plays, two pick sixes. Come on, that turns everything around for your defense. Um, and I just think, you know, based on his track record, it's unlikely that he'll do that again, his track record prior to coming to Green Bay, that is. Here's what I want to know from TVV. I love the TVV scouting girl. All right. The best defensive player on the Green Bay Packers. I, I want the top. Like, for example, in the, the comparison, the, the suggestion has been about 1996, which would be illegal. They gave up like 10 points a game. It was incredible how great that defense was. And so you had two super superstars in Reggie White and then Leroy Butler. And this mm -hmm. defense has nobody at that level, I don't think. But... Um, so it's like, what greatness do you have? I don't know. Who's the best defensive player for the Packers this year? Who are you expecting? Yeah, you Diana? know, I, I argue Kenny Clark, to be honest with you. When he's healthy, right, okay. to me, you know, he's paid and he's, been, and he's seen as one of the best at his position in the NFL. Obviously, Jair Alexander is paid as one of the best at his position in the NFL. But he has so few turnover plays, largely because of his reputation and his cover skills. Teams go away from him, but then he can't impact the game the same way a guy like Kenny Clark can. Yeah, and I wonder, Kenny Clark, I think there have been games where he's been very good, and then there are other games, and maybe it was less the case last year, where if he's that good, well, but he's double teamed. But the good ones, you know, you notice them, they disrupt things so Healthy, much. Yeah. In a limited form, and that's what hurts Kenny Clark. He plays a lot hard. He doesn't miss games, but it, you remember for, right. for a while there, he was playing with a, with a grain, growing strain. I'm not going to be on the defensive line. You're not going to be at your best if you're playing with a great groin strain. So, yes, he's out there, but he can't be the player that he could be. To me, a healthy Kenny Clark, extremely effective player, particularly with uh, what looks like at least more talent around him on the defensive line, whereby he should get some even more favorable blocking matchups. 
Who's number two? Jair Alexander. I, I mean, I, I'm not yeah. knocking Jair Alexander, I, not making no, him number one. All right, now, who's three? Who's three? I'll take him as two. I, who's three? I'm going to say Rashawn Gary. Okay, yep. Uh, you now, know, I his is large. You I have, his, go ahead. Somebody said he was going to have 18 sacks. I said, I will bet you $10,000 in real money that Rashawn Gary will not have 18 sacks. Do I need to contact a banker? Um, because I think uh, he's you good, do, but Is that cryptocurrency, on. or what are you doing there, Homer? I, I think no, that, um, you know, again, I would say the, the Rashawn Gary having a monster contract payoff type year is, is where Rashawn Gary is going to have his most productive season. And he's not the only guy in that boat. Guy, you know, those two safeties, they're playing for their next yeah. monetary Big situation. Money. And sometimes that is... You know, we've, we've all seen it. A lot of times a guy in, in any sport has a super big year, and then you start to look at it in the body of work, and you say, oh, well, it's maybe it's coincidence, maybe it isn't. So Rashawn Gary, to me, could have a monster year. I'm rating him as the Packers' third best defensive player as we sit here and talk, and maybe that's unfair. Maybe Devondre Campbell should be ahead of that. But I will go I on Gary's, I will go on Gary's uh, potential upside to rank him there. But 18 sacks. 18? Yeah. You think that's possible? Uh, probably not. Be, uh, no. Well, I mean, it's possible. It's possible. Um, all right. All right. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. I, I can take. I'm to take that risk. No one has. No one has uh, laid the money down with uh, Kevin at Ted's and Tosa. So apparently, the people that say it, you know, you can't always believe. I heard this. I don't know if you're with. You can't always believe everything you read in the on the internet. That's it's. A, I'm, I'm still exploring that, but that was it. Yeah, it's kind of wacky. I, you know, I, I do believe most things I hear on the Homer and Tony show, though. Yeah, nicely done. Pebble, you keep that. I want that as part of the intro tomorrow, and I apologize. I shouldn't have interrupted so much. All right, NBA draft. Johnny Davis, that could be 10. Uh, I think he's going to be fabulous in the NBA because I think he's shown he can, if, if he's willing to do so, and I think he will be, he can defend and rebound, which means you can play in the league for a while. And if he shows the ability to score, then the millions who make just explores. But uh, his rebound of the things he did, even when he didn't score and had disappointing games, those things impressed me. And I think uh, that's what gives you a much greater opportunity in the NBA. Uh, what do you think? He'll be, he'll be gone, I would think, in the first 12 tonight. I think he'll be a good NBA player for sure. I think he'll be impactful uh, from the beginning. And, you know, you read all these scouting reports and all these mock drafts, and they change so much, particularly in basketball now, between, say, February and now because of different guys in the draft and that sort of thing. But so many of these prospects, Homer, are, you know, potential. They played one year in college, or they did this, they did that, and you know if they could just if they could just improve their shooting, or if they could just be a little bigger, or if they could just do this, it's so much projection. Johnny Davis produced at an extremely high level in a good conference for college basketball, and I will take that as a as a notch above a lot of these other guys who have potential but haven't yet done it. So I will say yes on Johnny Davis, gone in the first dozen, and a good NBA player, and. Uh, and credit to him for really making all this possible in one calendar year. If you had asked a year ago, is Johnny Davis going to be a lottery pick in the NBA? I don't think anybody would have said yes because they didn't even know if he'd be in this year's NBA draft. I'll always remember a play he made against Marquette, and I thought, 
Only two people I've ever seen, I think, could do that. And one was Dwayne Wade and the other was Devin Harris. I just, <laughs> I, 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 could, I, I could imagine still looking at that basket going, oh, my gosh. And, you know, he's, he's from the state. When's the last yep. time a player from the state has done what he did? It's a, it's, it's a fabulous. Well, right. I mean, Henry Ellenson was what? I think he was the 17th pick his year. Uh, you know, he was a state product. You know, he's, you know, no, no offense to him, but he basically has flamed out in the NBA. Uh, you know, yeah. Johnny Davis. I can Davis, tell you what but, I remember from his Marquette career. TVV, you want yeah. to know the play I remember from his career? None. Not one. Yeah. Yeah. Not. Granted, only one year, but yeah. But he was first team all Big East. Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. No, it's, it's no interruption. I'm, I'm just, you know, it's, again, it's these projections. And, and, and the uh, NBA talent evaluators and even these uh, media evaluators, that, that's what they do. They see way more. They talk to way more people than I do. I get it. But, you know, you, you read them, and, and if, you got, if, if you're reading 40 projections and, and, and 30 of them are on this guy could get better in this area or that guy could get better in that area, you know, at some point I say, well, I'll, I'll take a little bit of the sure thing or the, at least the proven production to this point, and Johnny Davis has that. Yeah, I'm, my, my scouting service is it's well known, not that anybody pays for it, but uh, Homer is the defense and other things than scoring guy. If you show the ability to those things, I think you can play in the year for multiple years. The offensive stuff, uh, it's just so hard to tell because so many people have it, especially if you're a two-guard. There are, I checked, more good two-guards in the world than people that live in China. So <laughs> that, that you can do it, it does separates you from no one. But if you can defend multiple positions, you will play in the NBA, and you can play for years, even if you can't do anything else. And there's a, never a shortage of guys, and that's my—it's that simple. That's all you got to watch with all I the like college it. players. I like it, and I will say, of all those shooting guards, Homer, I'm going to bet 60% of them uh, have the wrap of a little bit inconsistent with the shooting inconsistent you know well i've seen some games where they stroke yeah and i've seen some games where they don't so uh you're right you know about now defense, everybody shoots travels. you don't have to be that good to shoot right everybody right. shoots i mean they're right. talking about how how can how can set homebred shoot how can walker you know how will he shoot at the nba level how will uh walker kessler who's 7-1 how will you know can he be honest to keep the defenses honest enough as an offensive player you're right everybody shoots that's not a distinguishing factor anymore I'm going to tell you this. Mark this one down. This is a kind of violation. The guy from Gonzaga, that's Holmgren, right? Skinny guy? Yep. Reminds me of the, uh, reminds me of the commissioner of the NBA. Uh, he stays healthy. He'll be in the Hall of Fame. But the issue is uh-huh. I haven't checked with my big guy doctor. He stays healthy. Okay. He will be about, in the Hall of Fame. How about the big guy from Florida State? He's 7'2", uh, and he's like 180 pounds. Yes. I, 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 we, I, we were never asked to look at him in the Homer Scouting Bureau. <laughs> I mean, maybe he'll fill out, but my goodness. Yes. Yeah. TVV, thanks. Appreciate it. All right, Homer. Always fun. Take care. Tim Van Voren, Fox 6 Sports. Something's next. Oh, I know what's next. You know what's next? 
Did I tell you 94.5 ESPN is packing its bags and heading downtown? ESPN Milwaukee is moving to the avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee. Follow the progress all summer long. We embark on a journey to our new home. The avenue is vibrant, exciting, and you'll be able to come by and see us. ESPN Milwaukee's Move to the Avenue is sponsored by Coakley Brothers and Brothers Interiors, the official moving and furniture provider of GKB Milwaukee. Maybe a Brewers update is next.